Hello, lovely people. Today on Under the Surface, we are covering some topics that might be triggering to some people. We are talking about things like mental health, depression, body image issues, and self-harm. If this is an issue for you, please contact Lifeline at 13 11 14. Hey, this is Annalie Maley, and this is Under the Surface. I would like to have the conversations about like performance, managing stress, anxiety, self-doubt, the whole bubble of identity and like who we are. It's Annalie Maley's Under the Surface. Welcome everyone. Welcome to Under the Surface. Uh, Today uh, we have a very exciting guest. Uh, Welcome Panita Davidson. Uh, We actually just played against each other in a WNBL game like two hours ago, but uh, very excited to have you, Panina. Thank you. We should have just driven here together. I know. We were talking about that just before. Like it's it's pretty exciting because it's like a very unique situation that we get to talk about some things directly post a basketball game. Um, But for anyone listening, Melbourne Boomers just beat us. Um, So we lost to them. And now I have to sit down and talk to Vanina. So, you know, <laughs> great. No, it's it, it's very exciting. And I um, I was just telling everyone else in the room that about two years ago we sat down at my dad's place around the fire, me, you, Marina, my partner, um, and we talked about a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. And we, we sat down from about maybe like 8 o'clock to almost 2 in the morning just talking and talking and talking about all things that aren't talked about enough. Yeah. And when I thought about starting this podcast, I one of the people that I wanted to speak to was you because I remember that conversation so much in my brain and it's – it's really um, a lot of the stuff has really kind of stuck with me the way that we view things very similarly. And I just think that you have a lot of things that people need to hear, you know, like there's your perspective on stuff and who you are as a person is very special. So jumping into things, I um, I kind of want to start with the fact that, yes, we just played a basketball game. Post-game has always been very difficult for me. And um, for you, I kind of wanted to ask – when the game stops and you step off the floor, and, and today is a great time to ask because we, it just happened, how do you wind down and, like, turn that basketball part off? It was – it's a bit of a mindset I think I've had to develop over a period of time because I used to think it was the end of the world after a basketball game. And then I was like, wait a minute, how many basketball games am I going to end up playing and how many times am I going to beat myself up about it after that game? We already lost. I'm going to lose again. Like it's, it's, you know, stuff like that's going to happen. The last thing I think I want to do is add to my own sadness yeah. by doing it myself. Self-imposed sadness is just pitiful. It really is. So it's a little bit like, uh, it's not that serious. Let yeah. it go. There's another chance. How long did it take you to get to that spot? Because I feel like that's a very like long years of like now I have arrived to this. Well, it was one of those typical like when I turned the lights on and I was seeing like what was the, you know, source of my sadness. It was like, ah, just me. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. Walking past the mirror and giving <laughs> uh, it the You're doing guns. it again. Like, yeah. you are the problem. Yeah. You know? yeah, that makes total sense. And I think, um, I mean, personally as well that like uh, – seeing basketball as just basketball 
for you, are you at a place now where you would like to say that basketball doesn't affect you off the court or that's still something that you're working It on? definitely still affects me. Like I, it's still a large part of my life, but I think I've tried to m- make sure that basketball is not the only thing that defines me. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I know if I have a bad game or if, you know, like even a streak of bad games, because you might like, I might play tomorrow and have a really bad game tomorrow. You yeah. Know? Like, I don't know. My point is I'm not going to be defined by a basketball. I refuse. It's a child's game, like a glorified child's game. I refuse to be upset and defined by just a basketball. There's so much more to humans than that. That is so everything I needed to hear right now. I feel like you're really speaking to my soul. That is just because I struggle with that immensely and I'm, I haven't, I'm not even close to being at the point yet where I can differentiate my self-worth from basketball. And that's something that I'm working on and I'm pretty far off, but I'm, I'm trying to get there and it's work in progress and we're on our way. So that that is just clicks to that. We need more of that in our lives. Um, so I would like to ask you about your downtime away from basketball. Basketball is a word. Don't define yourself by basketball. Who are you away from the court? Um, well, I think the obvious one is the art one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been a lot of that. I've, I've kind of struggled to like narrow down into one uh specific what is what is that word like defining yourself by a hobby or like a one specific art form oh yeah yeah yeah. so i think for me i'm really big on just keeping my hands busy yeah and i don't know what that looks like like it might not be painting i've kind of got a little bit of an art block in that thing so i'm like all right i'll keep my hands busy by journaling Mm -hmm. mom you know she's a poet poetry writer a poet sorry and, you know, like maybe I'll just want to try poetry. If mm-hmm. it's not anything like that creative, then I'll try something else like learn a new dish. Yeah. I don't know. All I do and all I want to do is something positive with my hands. Yeah. So whatever I make, whatever I'm doing has to be positive. I think the whole creating thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've spoken about this a little bit for people that don't know Panina is an amazing artist. And I say artist in many forms, like what you just said. It's not always just painting and drawing. I, I believe being an artist is more of a, a mindset and an ability to create and just like appreciate creative things. Yeah. Um, but that that kind of art block, right? So we talk about like things that define us um, and what make up who we are. Um, say you're an artist and you experience an art block. What does that look like for you? Uh, for me, it kind of just looks like I literally cannot communi- like translate what I'm trying to communicate. Yeah. And I could want to paint this and I, yeah. it just will not look anything like it. Um, so what to do in said art block? Uh, I like to just kind of find inspiration in life. Like that sounds so corny and no, but so, it's so cheesy. True. Yeah. But life actually, if you pay attention and observe it, has so much to offer. Like take a walk. Like sometimes I walk because we are, I live in Richmond. Walk from like Bridge Road down to Swan, mm-hmm. and the amount of like flowers, random animals, people that you'll like walk across, like murals on the wall. It's it's, it's really kind of beautiful really so I, I like I'm at risk of sounding really like hippie no like, I love but, it I love it so much it's but so sometimes great. like it's just like that is the coolest flower I've ever seen and yeah. then that's just a little bit of life that I'll get I think we need that as you know as people but as athletes so much yeah. right so we spend a lot of our time like almost breaking ourselves down yeah. and comparing ourselves to other people and uh, like really just telling ourselves we're not good enough to try and become, you know, the next level and to have a, a, a part of us that 
notices growth and creativity, I think that's super, super important. And not a lot of athletes, not just basketball players, athletes have the ability to then find a creative place to put a part of their energy that is solely committed to growth and not tearing ourselves down. So, I mean, for me, it's art. For for you, art is also a massive thing. Yeah. did art stuff, did that come from your childhood? At what point in your life did you find that being a creative um, was important to you? It's actually a lot more darker than that. It was an outlet. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a whole bunch of really ugly, dark feelings and instead of, and this is why it was such a big thing for me to keep my hands positive instead of doing negative things with my hands. And usually it was some kind of like self-harm or mm-hmm. self-sabotage um, thing. I wanted to communicate it in a different way. Yeah. And art became the safest way to do so. To communicate your feelings. Yeah. 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 Kind of like your hands are talking for you. Yeah. yeah. And it became a bit of a release that way. Like yeah. sometimes I draw some really like messed up things yeah. and it'd be like, you know what, at least it's on paper yeah. and not, not on, on me. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Yeah. I've definitely been there. Yeah. Um, when did that kind of period of your life start when you felt like you needed an outlet? Like at what point, like, was it through college? Yeah. Was it? College. Talk to me about that. Talk yeah. to me about college for you. College. I always say it's like a Petri dish for like 18 to 22 year olds just trying to find themselves. Like it's grimy. It's dirty. There's just lots of weird things happening. You're by yourself. Mm -hmm. That sucks. And you're usually like however many miles away from home. You're trying to call. Maybe you might cry one day. I'm trying to call mom. And she's like, "Uh, it's 2 a.m. here. Yeah. (laughs) Mom, I need you now, though. (laughs) So, you know, like it's a time where you're going to have to realize, like, I need to lean on myself. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like when I lean on myself? Is it, you know, the darker ways? And sometimes it, it was. And that's when I started realizing the whole art thing. Like a, a bit self of a saving discovery. grace. Yeah. 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 The Petri dish uh, metaphor. That's really good. <laughs> that's really good. Cause like, how do you describe, and for a lot of people, um, you know, sometimes they experience that in their, their high school, yeah. or primary school even, but like how, like it, how do you describe college to someone that isn't an athlete? Like it is, it, it, there's no words for what people are about to experience. Yeah. Like the demands on you, you're like learning how to communicate with not just other people but yourself. Yeah. Um, the pressures from every direction. Like yep. it's really just hectic. Yeah. Um, I want to wind it back a second. And so for people that don't know, Panina is a New Zealander. Yes. And she grew up in New Zealand. I would like you to tell us about what you were like as a kid. What's your family like? And what is like, where do you come from? Tell me about you. I was so awkward as a kid. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like my first bucket was for the other team. Mm-hmm. I would lie about injuries to my parents because I didn't want to play on Wednesday nights. And I still remember Wednesday nights and because there was no women's or like little girls teams, yeah. I had to play with the boys. Yeah. So I'm already like too tall for my own good. <laughs> my shoes are too big. Like, yep. I'm just this gangly, awkward kid that probably had like a notebook that I'd want to like bring out or like a book I'd want to read in yep. half time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was an awful time. <laughs> New Zealand is beautiful though. Yes. Yeah. 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 So like as a, th- how would your mum describe you um, outside of sport, I guess, like at home, oh, like who were you like as, 
as, you know, Panina when she gets home from school? Like who was that kid? It's funny. There's probably like two modes. There's the whole like she's been pushing for me to do my artwork more yeah. and stuff. She's been super supportive in that. And then the other one is, were you nice today? Yeah. <laughs> I love like, that. Are you, you're not being mean? Yes. <laughs> oh, mom. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. That's so sweet. Um, do you miss like – obviously you're far away from home. Yeah. Like is that hard for you to be so far away from home? And is that something that like, you know, you wish you could get back to more? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I love being in the same room as my siblings. Yeah. My brother and my sister are everything to me. So being away from them is hard. And I got to <clears throat> sorry, it sounded like I was gonna choke up there, but no, it's the salad. <laughs> it's the salad. <laughs> it was like well timed. <laughs> um I got to see them in New Zealand for like a quick thirty-six hours and just seeing them was like oh come back with me yes yes and are they still based in Uh, my brother's just been based this year for the first time in a while too so he's he plays for the breakers and he's been doing the same thing in yeah is it like um comforting i guess to have a sibling that's gone through similar career things that you have like you guys can bounce off each other quite a bit yeah and sometimes it would just be like a simple sentence instead of having to give like massive loads of context you just look at them and you just both look at each other like bruh yeah yeah bruh that was messed up yeah Yeah. we get it we get it it is helpful especially sometimes i feel like parents that or siblings that don't really understand the sporting world yeah and then when you do have someone that does you're like you get it yeah gravitate towards them and uh, it just makes sense at the same time my sister validates me because she's so like not involved in it yeah sometimes she'll be like whoa yeah yes validate me (laughs) yes it's actually you know i had a conversation um not long ago with one of my best friends who knows nothing about basketball she's a makeup artist she she tries her best but she has no idea about sport really and um i was explaining a situation um that happened to me a couple months ago with coaches and teammates and things and she's listening to it and she's like well did you go to hr yeah no. i know like what is hr there's no hr like i can't what do you mean she's like you know it's it's your job and that you should go to hr and i was yeah. like oh you don't get it but i love that you think it's outrageous enough yeah. to go to this mystery hr that yes. doesn't exist for us yes. it's actually so funny yes. like the, that whole outside world out of sport uh, I guess actually that's a good question for you. Do you have in your life at the moment, like obviously our job is sport, um, like things that bring you back to this is life instead of this is basketball that we're doing all the time? Yeah, actually one of my – I was thinking about that because I was like, why am I doing this? Like, you yeah. know, like you do have those moments where it's like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, Every day. Yeah. (laughs) And of course you can do the whole typical like, oh, national team duties Mm -hmm. and, you know, Olympics is coming up, blah, blah, blah. I mean, no, 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 no. Like, why am I actually doing this? Because you can't tell me that the Olympics – like, of course, it's it's a big joke, but something has to take you daily. Yes. And I know the Olympics is a big day. goal, but what's the small goal? Yeah. And I was thinking, it was my brother. It was yeah. playing pickup with my brother at, like, midnight in New Zealand. Those are my favorite moments of basketball in, like, the last five years. I love that And it was so just, like, much. us doing a tan because he's got long hair. Like, actually, he's got longer hair than me. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, like, the two, like, Davidson buns just, yes. like, going in and out and I was like this is wonderful I like basketball yeah like this is why this is my why this was why it was it was and it was like so sore the next day because like he goes for hours 
And I was like, when are we going again? Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, that's what it, I forgot. Like yeah. that, that kind of like school kid joy that you yes. have, like wanting to go back. Yes. Yeah. I think, and especially, I, I think we've spoken about this before, but the systematic setup of yeah. what professional basketball is, it's almost from the moment you set foot in a junior program that becomes a representative program that yeah. gets serious, you are funneled into a system. Yeah. And sometimes that system doesn't have space for you to be a person. To be a human. To yeah. be a human. You know, it's so much um, at a young age that is, you know, it is pushing you towards a certain path and n- taking away your why sometimes. Sometimes your why, if it's not the pick up with your brother, it might be your why is something not even to do with basketball. Yeah. It's, a, it's competing maybe. Yeah. And those systems kind of push you towards a certain thing and don't give you areas to grow. And I guess like for me, I remember feeling like I didn't fit the mold a lot. Yeah. What for you, were there situations where you were in basketball and you kind of looked around and you're like, I don't fit here. Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, like I'm a Polynesian woman. Yeah. (laughs) I like my, the uniforms, I hate them. I hate them. Every single game, all I can think about is how much I hate the uniforms because I don't feel good in it. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm thinking that. Yeah. Like, and it's all because like I'm aware I'm a a little bit thicker than, you know, my next teammate because that's just me. That's I'm half someone. Yeah. I'm built a little different. Do you remember at what moment it was that you were like, oh, I don't fit the mold here. Like I am different. Like is, was there a, was there a, like an aha moment for you where you all of a sudden realized and that kind of fell on top of you? No, nah, it was a gradual. Mm-hmm. It was just like those small kind of like uncomfortable, like, oh, like I, I don't feel good in this uniform. Yeah. And I'm big on like to look good, look good, play good, that whole thing. Yeah. I always felt good in tall fans uniform. It was black. It was it was beautiful. Loved it. Split nice. And then I was trying to put the WNBL uniform, and I'm looking at like, is this tart? It's tiny. I was like, oh no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. yeah. And then that started like wearing me down a little. And then uh, I think a couple years ago, it changed from the like baggier one. Mm-hmm to a uh, smaller one super tight and i just i like i had such a negative reaction to it i mm-hmm. tried to wear like a different top like a baggy top yep. and got told off because it wasn't you know uniform yeah and i was just thinking i can't believe i'm i can't even focus on a layout right now because all i can think about is how much this like singlet's going to come up and then it was like stuff like that started rolling and rolling and rolling and now it's just like this battle of self-worth in a stupid uniform yeah yeah is it is it worse in the Australian basketball system than it is in New Zealand? That kind of you have to look a certain way. Is that a It's different. It's different. Yeah. Cuz I I remember for me on so many levels, but you know, one that I can kind of draw to now was when I was at the institute and there was a lot of comments of like, "Oh, we want you to play like this person. We want you to be like this person and we want you to look like this person, move like this person." And it took away from how about just being me? How about just being Annalie and picking up skills of someone and looking at the way they uh, might play defense here and incorporating incorporating that into you instead of trying to change yourself to be someone else. Have you experienced that more in Australian basketball? It's hard, like – 
I don't feel too comfortable saying completely Australian just yeah. because I haven't played in too many other countries enough. Yeah, that's fair. Um, like if I had more experience elsewhere, I'd probably – like I guess in age groups I didn't notice it as much. Mm-hmm. Like you probably had the whole get fitter thing growing up. I'm not sure what it was like here. Yeah. All I know was since my time here, like it, it got dark. Yeah. I'd be writing in my di- diary stuff like don't eat. Yeah. And then it was like, this has nothing to do with basketball. Yeah. And everything about looking like a certain way in the uniform. Yeah. And I was like, in- instead of worrying about what I needed to work on on my game, I was trying to go to the gym to lose weight. Yeah. Ah, Which yeah. is so outside of things that we can control 90% of the time. Yeah. And it's isn't it crazy that um, our brains can see this thing that we're supposed to do that is a game and tie it into what we look like. Yeah. And I've done that so many times. Yeah. Like I cannot like I cannot express that enough. I have gone and watched film of myself and yeah. been like, oh yeah. my God, why do you look like that? And I'm like, oh, I should be thinking about, you know, the way I've, you know, done a layup or in the wrong spot. Nope. But instead I'm like, why do you look like How that? did my shorts look? Oh How my did God. like oh my How did God. I stand Top. there? Why is it bunched up like that? And yep. that like whole idea of body image. I, I mean, I can narrow mine down to always being compared to other people. So I right, now still right. still continue to compare myself to other people. Yeah. Um, usually other athletes, because that's, you know, that's the environment that I'm in. I find myself comparing myself all the time to the people that I'm surrounded by. Um, and, you know, I th- it kind of brings me to the, the basketball inclusiveness space. And I, for the longest time, have had so many questions and been questioning myself about whether or not basketball is an inclusive environment or what I do every day, which is a sport. Am I being inclusive? Is it an inclusive space? And I think that, you know, for a lot of the time, it's great for so many things, but it has so many holes. What would you like to see moving forward get better in this community that we call sport or this thing that we do every day to try and make it more inclusive, I guess? I don't know. That's an interesting question because I, I, I didn't really answer your last one. Like my point was, is it me being in Australia? Is it me being in my 20s? Are there other stuff at play? Yeah. Is it because I have a lack of representation as a Polynesian woman? So I guess representation means a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I went to some um, panel the uh, like a couple of weeks ago and they talked about this and they said it's a really big problem in Australia. So they said it was a big problem in Australia. I don't know what the panel was. It was really good though. Um, and there was an argument on do you start at grassroots or do you start at professional level mm. to fix the problem and it was like i don't know yeah like is it and because i didn't grow up here i'm unsure what it was like at the grassroots yeah. level i just noticed it's quite bad at our level yeah i um, think like that whole start at the professional and the grassroots and maybe hopefully close the gap in the but, middle and what does that look like i don't know like they they came up with the uniform like the one uh uniform to you know like do you change the different uniforms for different people in the team that's never been done before. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know what it looks like. I think uh, stuff like when the beach volleyball, yeah, women kind of revolted against that and the, the uniform for them. That was a great start. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know, like they stood for something bigger and now they're probably going to wear more comfy uniforms. I don't know. I think it's also a problem if not everyone feels like that. Yeah. So it's a this matter of true. like is it just one or two people from every team or does everyone feel like that? I don't know. Yeah. 
when we talk about inclusivity, like obviously um, body image and the way we see ourselves is huge. What about things like space for mental health in mm. basketball? Because I, for one, think that we are – better but we are still awful yeah there is not a lot of space to be mentally ill in professional sport definitely yep. professional women's sport yeah um i have found that being someone um that was diagnosed like i am a diagnosed person with depression and anxiety and um i am in the process of getting diagnosed for adhd i find that there's a lot of talk of we definitely accept that here but it's in in reality there's not a lot of space for mentally ill people in sport no there's not yeah it's a bit of a like in the deep end like a college situation yeah like i've always felt uh professional was like you got to do college all over again mm-hmm. in your terms with more knowledge experience right right with the mental health aspect you're right and I don't know what the solution is, which sucks. Yeah. I do know, though, there is not a lot of room. And I think it like it's hard when your job is a performative-based. Yes. Like, yeah, it's it's performative-based. So a lot of it relies on how we look. And if we look good and a lot of looking good is like, are you happy when you score a layup? Yeah. Stuff like that. Like I remember one time, uh, it was this, this was in college. This was, this was wild. I I had a game-winning shot and I hadn't played all game. So I only got like literally the last 15 seconds, managed to get the game-winning shot. Someone blogged about it after and was like, I knew she was going to get it because she was smiling at halftime. And I was like, I smiled at halftime at some kid, but I actually went to the locker room, had a cry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. And what happens if you, they saw the reverse? Yeah. Like would they have like absolutely murdered me in the blogs because I didn't look happy at halftime? Like, yeah. and was that going to be, was I going to be like crucified for not looking happy or smiling at halftime? I don't yeah. know. It was just ridiculous. It was, yeah. Isn't that funny? Like the way that, I mean, that's, Supporters and online people are a whole nif- different ball game, and I would, I do want to get there. Um, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about, like, I mean, mental health and physical health, right? So, in my view, if I've done an ankle, that's respected as an injury. Yeah, it's uh, like yeah, they've, yeah, yeah. you know, they've they've done their ankle, they can't play for the rest of the game. Yeah. I have panic attacks during games yep. quite a lot, and yep. it's been worse this year than in previous years. Yep. And if I have a panic attack and I don't play the rest of the game, which hasn't happened yet, but I have wanted I have wanted to not play the rest of a game because yeah. of a panic attack that I've had yeah. um, this season. And I, I have wanted to just stay in the locker room and put a towel over my head and not be there. I don't feel as if that would be respected at all. No. People wouldn't understand that. Yeah. And there's there's parts of that 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 I don't know how we get people to understand other than talking about it a lot because even when I bring it up within my own team, people are like, I've understand, I've been through that before. And I was like, that would I, I need to know these things. Like I need to know that if I if I come out at halftime and I'm like, guys, I, I literally feel like I can't. Yeah. You know, that that's gonna be accepted what's your experience with like people seeing physical health uh, mental health as a physical thing i have two stories actually uh so one one of my really lovely friends she had a panic attack in training and it was hard because there was you could and what was hard was you looked around the room and you could see the people that recognized it yeah and the people that didn't 
And the people that recognized it were all the ones that went and asked if she was okay. Yeah. And the other ones were confused and didn't know how to, yeah. breathing problems and da 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 da. And that was heartbreaking because it was like she was clearly struggling and, you know, had to go to the doctors for it like you would for a, like yeah. an ankle. And the way it was treated was just shocking. Yeah. And yes. Yes. And I was trying to be like, girl, I have panic attacks all the time. Yeah. It just looks like sweat. Like, yeah. Yeah. It looks different for everyone. And yeah. like I'm just dying after a, like a yeah. really intense drill, but really I'm fighting for my life. Yeah. There's so much more going on that you have no yes. idea about. So um, there's there's like that, like just, you're right. It was treated completely different from a like an ankle injury. The other was I had a sleeve in college mm-hmm. to hide stuff yeah. on my arm. And one time it bled through. Yeah. Yeah. It How was, was that handled by the people So awkward. You? It was just very, very awkward and very like walking on glass. Yeah. Did people ask you about it when they saw it? Or Some did they people, not? no, no. Some people who knew kind of like, yeah, whatever. I had someone grab it and be like, ew. And I was like, yeah, fair. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's been my two experiences of like physically seeing something happen in trainings where it was just treated like, oh, I don't know, this is weird. The confusion. Yeah. And, and it's like, I, like they're confused too. Yeah. She was confused in the panic attack. I was confused why I'm wearing a sl- – like, why, why am I doing that? I don't yeah. know. But I think you're right. I think the, the start might be talking about it and, yeah. you know, it might be like a really awkward, like, I don't even know what to say or how to word it. I think just saying something will mean a lot more than just kind of the weird looks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like, you know, I, I've, I think I've shared on here before that I am medicated. You know, I have been medicated for the past four years. I I take a SSRI and anti-anxiety and anti-panic medication. And sometimes these medications that we take for our mental health have physical responses. And, you know, when I say physical, some people might think, oh, you know, is it, is it, you know, you get confused. I lose balance when, when I go up and down on doses, I cannot feel my hands. I'm not allowed to be behind a vehicle. I I'm not supposed to drive. And that's just something that I've accepted because I'd rather be on the medication than off. I still remember the first time I had that conversation with a coach. It was during an NBL one game or NBL one season. And at a practice, I had to go up to this coach and say, I'm not going to be able to play this weekend because yeah. I'm changing my medication. Yeah. And the confusion on yeah. his face was like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not going to be able to play this weekend? I was like, well, my medication is for my depression and anxiety. And when I change it, I'm not supposed to be behind a vehicle and I don't have any fine motor skills. Like I can barely move my hands. So yeah. I'm not going to be able to play in a basketball game. And if I do, I will be – um, endangering myself for Absolutely. and he to the point like he did not understand it to the point where he went to the GM yeah. of the club yeah. and uh, was asking for clarification on whether or not I get paid for that game um, so yeah, an already mortifying situation mortifying. just becomes 10 times worse mortifying and uh, you know I think that I've had I've learned how to have those conversations better yeah. Um, over time, I've learned how to do that. Um, and I've had the, like the medication piece and seeing a psych piece is like such another huge, a huge mountain to climb. Yeah. Have you had to have those conversations with coaches, yeah. not just about medica- medication and those things, but even just about mental health with coaches? And what was their response like? Um, I've had to do that. 
so I was medicated in college. I took myself off because it was like you said, like it's it's not a one fits for all. Yeah. Like you have to do a lot of experimenting. So, so many different types. You had to try. And I wasn't willing to do that in basketball. Like there'd yeah. be times where I was like, I wasn't on the court, even though my body was. There'd be another time where I was falling asleep in training. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't want to deal with this. Um, I've had some really great responses. Like my college coach was really good with stuff like this. Yeah. And I didn't realize that's lucky. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It can be lucky. Yeah, it can yeah. be lucky. Yeah, absolutely. I've been pretty blessed. I've had really, really lovely understanding coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Like New Zealand coaches have been amazing. Guys really good with stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think that there should be some sort of education system um, put in place for the WNBL or just actually any professional sport. I can't speak for AFL, AFLW, yeah. soccer, things like that. I can only speak for the basketball side. Um, where there's a mental health first aid course. Absolutely. That you have to complete as a coach, as an assistant, as anyone in a support staff. Absolutely. Role. Our jobs are so highly strung. Yeah. Like we have emotions that range from either all the way up there or all the way down there all the time. Like all of our moments that we have in basketball is so like parallel, like just, oh, it's just massive, massive difference. So you're combating these huge experiences that we're already having as a team with your own emotions yes. that are going like this. I was telling my dad once, I was like, it's literally like going like that. Yes. Yes. I've, I've some, used that same hand diagram yeah, like, like, very recently. And yes. trying to find a way to like bring it here yeah. is just near impossible. It really is. And because of that, you're at high risk of really, really dangerous things. Yep. That's like, I think needs to be talked about. And, I think so too. Yeah. I think the whole, I, you know, I've had, again, some positive experiences where coaches are like, absolutely take whatever time you need. Yeah. Do you need to step out of practice? I, I wish there was more recognition for things like disassociation and yeah. um, like if a coach is like, I need you to focus more on the play, but they knew that you're changing your medication so you can't even remember where you park your car. Yeah, right. Those are the small things I'd like to be people to be more aware of. The same way if you, um, you know, have pulled a hamstring recently and yeah. in training you're a bit slow off the start, someone's like, it's fine, she just did a hamstring, yeah. give her some time. I want that same grace and that same uh knowledge of not just depression and anxiety yeah. but bipolar yeah. adhd um uh, even things like uh borderline personality disorder yeah. i want i want that and yeah. i i i believe that we can get there if we speak about it enough but it's so far off yeah. it really is and it it feels when i say it out loud like such a simple thing but yeah. It, it's it's just so difficult for some people to comprehend. Well, and what's crazy about that is like what you had just explained to me sounds like with a little, like how far a little bit of grace goes. Yeah. Because it's like when you know your coach has your back with it, you just can breathe within yourself. And like I said to you, the mortifying situation became significantly worse. I'm sure that would have made that weekend horrendous for you. Yes. And like I was thinking if you had to play that game, the oh. aftermath, of that game would have been shocking. And that's why I think I'm a little bit more like put my foot down when it does come to stuff like this, because it's like, I'm going to be here for you during this game. Who's going to be there for me in the afterfall yep. for the next following days? Yeah. None of you. Yep. I'm the one that has to deal with that. It's me. Yeah. yeah. So I will put me first in this situation where I know I'm going to be the one picking myself back up. Yep. Yep. You know, I, I that brings me to like a, a thought pattern I was having not long ago where in let's talk 
tournaments and national yeah. team play and um i mean it could even be like a college tournament or things like that where you're functioning at such a high level for such a short period of time it's like a whole season but condensed into one and for me for me it was my experience with the opals which was amazing i loved it i loved every second of it but as soon as it stopped it was like you're on your own. You're out yeah, in the world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I had some amazing teammates check in on me, but my feedback when they called me um, and asked, you know, high performance called and asked for feedback was, I need you guys. And it was hard. It was very hard to say this was I need you guys to be able to teach yourselves about mental health yeah. and, and medication and um, knowing that, I need you to check in on me a week after a tournament, a yeah. couple of days after a tournament. I need that. Yeah. How have you managed to deal with those intense situations and that come down, that kind of like what you were saying before, like it's me that has to pick me up. How did you learn that? Because surely there was a moment in your life where you didn't know that yet. Yeah. Uh, I read a lot. Yeah. That's the, yeah, like the fan, it's like funny, you know, say like fantasy books and watch. No, like I'm the TV. same. I'm there. But sometimes yeah. it's nice to disappear into a world that's not your own just for a little bit and just kind of like immerse yourself in that because at least it's just taking you out a little bit until it's nice enough to come back down to earth. Yes. Panina yeah. and I are very similar in that we've actually bonded over a lot of creativity stuff and fantasy novels. <laughs> um, I am the same. My and secret's out. Yes, they know. Um, I was, uh, you know, even talking to some of the NBL guys of like how they disappear. A lot of it is video games. Like they disappear. Yeah, I was going to say video games is another one because yeah. the same reason. It's yeah. if you want to almost, and I think maybe that's a high performance thing, but we want to be anywhere that is yeah. not our current world yeah so we inject ourselves into yeah. something else yeah um and how nice it is how nice and brilliant and i, I that feeling is so great yeah. to be able to immerse yourself yeah. in something like a book yeah um which you know for again for people it might be video games it might be movies it might be you know for me it's Grey's anatomy at the moment but it, it's it can be anything that takes us away from where we are right yeah. now now this is a follow-up question from that do you think that's a healthy thing or do you think it's a a coping mechanism or I mean, because I, you know, I'm on two sides. I think it is very healthy because it helps us regulate our emotions. But yeah. also, why why can't I deal with my? They're not really looking at it. I yes. get it. Um, what well, are your thoughts? Two things is anything in excess is bad. Yeah. So if you're just like disappearing for days on end, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, come back to earth and yeah. have a look at your feelings. Yeah. Um, the second one is, like I said before, if at that moment you need to do something positive with your hands to avoid doing something bad, yeah. do it. Yeah. Especially if you're in the high danger zone. And I would say the high danger zone is right after a tournament because yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's that polarizing emotion of like you just up here and the next day you're like on the plane back home, you're like back down here. Yeah. So whatever you can like help that fall from grace, mm -hmm. I think you need to like buffer it on the way down. And then I think when you're feeling a little bit safer and a little less like highly strong, you can start looking at some things. Do you wish like looking back at your life, I don't want to say career because I want to keep it as like more than basketball. What are some things that you would have changed? Like the way you've gone about certain situations or things that you wish you knew? I was going to say this before, like as yucky as college felt and as yucky as some of the experiences I had, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't be here with 
like saying what I'm saying and living how I'm living if it wasn't for those experiences. And I'm pretty big on that. I wouldn't change anything. And I say sometimes like, go do it. You know, like I always tell these little kids, go do it. Mm-hmm. It might be the wrong thing. That doesn't matter. At least you tried. Yeah. The worst thing you can do is just sit and be like, oh, I wish I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't care if it was an awful, awful time. Do it. Yeah. You can always come back. Yeah. The experience of things is always going to be a good thing. That has way more value than playing safe. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that um, recently I've been struggling with this this freeze response yeah right when things get uh nasty or dark for me i freeze yeah have you ever had experience with the whole i don't want to know what i'm going to do so i'm going to do nothing yeah what was that like absolutely there's like a lot of procrastination yes it's like i'll just be doing the weirdest things yes Yes, to avoid doing what you need to do (laughs) like i don't know like walk in circles like i don't know But I think that's okay too. Like yeah. I don't think you always have to be moving. And I, I'm I'm kind of big on like I'm not very superstitious. Yeah. And because I just don't think they're like things go wrong. Yeah. And things like might not work out the way you do. So I just think try something different. You know, walking in a circle. Ah, it didn't work. I might go walk the other direction. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm just big on try something different until it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I I, I also have this vivid memory of. Um, I was sitting with my housemate and we were, we were, we knew we needed to do washing. We needed to finish renovating the bathroom. We had so many things we needed to do. We could have gone and done extra shots at the stadium. Um, but instead we looked outside and we went and, uh, saw that the neighbors had puppies, seven of them. So we all ran outside and avoided our life tasks for the day and hang out with the puppies in the backyard. And that is a long way of me kind of introducing grind culture. Yeah. Um, and feeling like we have to be doing so much yeah. all the time. Yeah. I think it's gotten worse since the online world has become a thing. So we continue to compare ourselves yeah, at comparative, yeah. but the, the grind culture is a double-edged sword yeah. that is what makes us so successful and so miserable at yeah. the same time. Yeah. What do you have to say about grind culture? Tell me things. Cairns. I, so I moved to Cairns for the NBL one and yeah. that was the best basketball decision I've made, yeah. I think. And that was because we would have a game and like, don't get me wrong. We were working out in the week. Yeah. Like Kayla and I were working out with some of the Taipan boys. It was really good. We were getting pushed. We were, we were scrimmaging against the guys, Pilates every day playing on Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, oh, sorry, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we were just out in the Great Barrier. And it was the first time I was like, I just had three days in a row in the ocean and in the waterfall. Wonderful. Like, and that's actually why I liked, like, I know hotel quarantine sucked for a lot of people. Yeah. Which I completely understand. I loved it. Yeah. It was the first time I could do whatever I wanted and not be like, don't you have a training to get to or this to do? It was the first time like people expected me to do nothing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. I relate to that so heavily. <laughs> I, like, really I literally do. read a book for about eight hours. I watched uh, Peaky Blinders in three days yep. and no one could question it. No one could say like, what else you should I be do? doing more. <laughs> like, yes. Because it's like a, it's such an ugly thing about um, being a successful athlete, yeah. right? is because what makes us so great is our motors, Ugh. how much we push ourselves, all, all these things. But it also means that we can't do nothing. Yeah. 
we can't do nothing. And I say we is a very broad term because there's a lot of people that um, just have the knack of being able to do nothing and not feeling guilt or whatever. But the this grind culture that is infected our lives, and I don't think that this is specific to athletes. I think this is, you know, it's hyper fixated in athletes, but it's also in a lot of people's lives. The art of just being where your feet are and doing nothing, yeah, that is almost frowned upon in professional sports. Yes. Because I think you, when we spoke about this the first time, you said something to me that kind of stuck with me and it was um, if I don't want to go to a workout and instead I want to go home and paint or just create something or sew or just sit, what if I just want to sit? That doesn't make me any less of an athlete. No. And that has stuck with me since we spoke about it the first time. How did you get to the point where you were like, you know what, it doesn't make me any less to be able to just be. Well, it, it and I'm going to preface this, it worked for me. Yeah. So I know different modules work for different people. I know people that can work out three times a day and that works for them. Yep. That's great. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I want to do that instead. And I've noticed because if I try follow someone else's module, like work out three times a day, I'll probably have the worst game ever. Yeah. But if I follow mine and that might be just sit and then work out like maybe once a day. Yeah. That works a lot better for me. And I think it's finding that balance for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm big on that. Like I don't want to force. But like I said, I'm not going to turn around and be like, you're weird. Yeah. For wanting to do that. Yeah. yeah. And I would hope you do the same. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever absolutely. gets you to that game and and playing your best, do that. Yeah. And just do that on your own. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think that um, recently, actually, um, after a lot of the games we've been playing, I've had a lot of kids come up to me and kind of just say things like, oh, you know, it's so great to watch you and see how um, supportive you are of your teammates and things like that. And, um, you know, I listen to you because, you know, I've been very open about my mental health journey. And yeah, um, it's been – alarming to me recently the amount of parents kids people young kids that have reached out to me asking how I've managed to deal with mental health in professional sport yeah what do you say to those young kids you're right like really quickly you're right about it. it's it's alarming how many adults come up to you yeah that scares me. Like the yeah. kids you kind of expect because it's like, oh, yeah, Don't you do, do it for the kids. But it's the adults where you're like, whoa, how long have you been carrying yeah. this? Yeah. But the kids, I don't know. That's why I said like I, and I'm at risk of sounding hippie again, but it's just not that serious. Yeah. Like it is serious. Of course it is. Like, I'm not saying live life just so blasé. Yeah, yeah, no. I know exactly like, what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, there's so much more to life. Like then what than this? Just it's like a little bit of just like getting out yourself and just – Oh, I, I sound so happy. I'm like, no. just live, man. Just, like, no. just do your thing. <laughs> but like with kids, like you just want to tell them, like, just be happy. Yeah. Make sure basketball makes you feel good. Yeah. When you start hitting a certain age, then see. Yeah. But like my biggest advice to the kids is like, as long as you are happy playing basketball, that is all we can ask for right now. Yeah. Because that is when you play your best. Yeah. When you're happy. And I, it's, it's the worst thing a kid at a camp and they're just like stressed and it's just, just have some fun. It really kills Whatever me. that looks like. I don't know. If it, that's gaming with your friends, go game with your friends. If that's shooting buckets, do it. I just think life is not meant to be so stressed and like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I think that, yeah, the, the whole adults thing 
coming up to you and expressing the things that they're feeling. I always feel super touched by that stuff because I'm like the fact that you've probably been carrying this for so long and oh. you're able to share that with me. I'm, I'm super blessed. And I usually take time to then, you know, find out what the Instagram handle is and yeah. kind of go back and forth because I think that um, a lot of the time we're put on pedestals. And the reason I like talking so much about I mean, I don't like it, but I think it's necessary about the things that I go through because yeah. it's like you don't even – I wish you knew like because all you see is someone that has, you know – I mean, last year I was – I won the MVP of the league and I was miserable. Yeah. I was absolutely miserable. I was yeah. going through so much stuff and I still carry that stuff with me. Yeah. But being able to vocalize that to people and then being like, oh – yeah. Wow. I, I had no idea. You wouldn't. No. But this is good that you now realize that even people performing at their highest are usually struggling the most. It hurts. You know, it, yeah. it does. And yeah. um, for me, the the reactions of people like, no, there's no way. That kind of always gets me a little bit because it's like, oh, you can be high functioning and still yeah. struggle with life. Us athletes are very high functioning in all of it. Like, anxiety depression all of it because that's our job it's performative and sometimes you have to do all of it with a smile even when that's the last thing you feel the like last doing. thing you feel like doing like seriously um i, I kind of want to um bridge into kind of like your I, are you a planner are you a goal person or do you kind of go day by day like when i ask about like what your plans are for the yeah. future like what what does that look like for you if you think beyond basketball are you just kind of like in the moment day by day what's what's no, your i have lists lots of lists like lots of short-term ones lots of like uh long-term ones and so i'm a list writer you're a list person yeah what is what is your like some goals look like for you and i'm not talking just sport i'm talking about what are some life goals that you're life looking goals? towards i want to work with kids somehow i'm not sure what that looks like yet like because it's a bit of a heartbreaking one and mm -hmm. i've just got to figure out like what realm i can do that with um i haven't really told many people this but like why not tell it now i really wanted to open up a coffee shop with That's like so flowers cool. yeah. yes yes i'm here for that yeah so I, I really want to do that sometime i'm not sure how that looks like but i yeah. would come every day to your coffee shop i feel like you'd be a great barista well i'm hoping my sister by then like might have a tattoo license and so we can just do a joint one. Oh my god yeah it's definitely something coffee we'll run with tattoos them. and plants yep oh my god you're <laughs> speaking my language that is everything perfect trio <laughs> yeah i wake up every morning i have my coffee i sit next to my one of a million plants and i look at my tattoo like i need more of these yeah you know? yeah <laughs> to do that all in one place well, the davidson's got you yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is brilliant i love that yeah. when did that idea kind of spring is that a recent thing or something you've wanted to do for a while? uh something i've wanted to do for a while i was like look i like flowers i like coffee why not do it yeah <laughs> like, and then my sister she's a massive um artist like really good artist i love her work she was kind of talking about like oh maybe i should get a tattoo and i was like <laughs> talk to me more yeah, talk, talk to me in about five years yeah. <laughs> i've got a plan yeah. i've got a plan i um i think you know again we, we kind of jumped into some things and you know for anyone that doesn't know panina she has played in the WNBL for a very long time um she's played tall ferns 
Um, she played at University of California, Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And um, she also does modeling and you've been doing some New Balance stuff. <laughs> Tell me about how that came around. Like, Because uh, I randomly see you when I drive in Melbourne on like the side of the road and I'm like, yes, it's me, you know? Like how did that, how did that happen? Um, it, was, it was a really cool opportunity. The New, Ze- um, New Zealand New Balance team mm-hmm. um, kind of reached out to me a couple of years ago. I'm like, hey, do you want to do some Instagram posts? And I was like, yeah absolutely <laughs> and then when i signed i was like what did i get myself into i have to post regularly now <laughs> like oh my god and i had massive post anxiety yep. so like every just know every time i've posted i probably like hovered again like yeah. share like <laughs> like throw my phone away yeah um but yeah so they reached out to me and i've just been kind of doing like instagram posts for them uh ever since and then when i was home they're like hey look we have a big opportunity with uh, Foot Locker if you'd love to do it and i was like wow something different yeah your face and, is everywhere well that meant a lot to me because i tried to model a couple of years ago and i got told i was too tall and too old oh yep and that really discouraged me really discouraged me wow the modeling is not a space for inclusivity at all oh it's brutal it's i have at some model all. friends and i i'm just like I, every time i feel bad about basketball i just look at my friends like wow that is terrible yeah there's no space for like self-expression or anything like that. But I, I, if you haven't seen that Foot Locker New Balance ad, go look it up because P's doing her thing. She looks great. It's awesome. So much fun. Um, and like I think, I mean, for me to see a female athlete in a New Balance ad, that's huge. Like, I mean, just as a, a fellow female basketball player, yeah. but like what did that mean to you to be able to bring, you know, you know, you spoke before about being a Polynesian woman. Like, yeah. What did that mean to you? That, that, was, that was everything. And like I said, it's representation. Like Moana meant a lot to me because of the same, same like stuff. So like, yeah, that meant a lot. That's so awesome. Yeah. I really love that. And um, I guess the like moving into like I was I, I kind of brought up before like um, like fans and things like that and the way that people talk to you and stuff. How do you think other people see you? Like, how do you think other people see you? When people look at Panina, how do you think the other people see you? I've had a lot of people say they were, like, scared or intimidated, and I get it. I have a resting bee face. I totally get it. I'm not mad at it. Um, I know I scowl. My, like, that would be my, my mom. I'm like, were you nice today? Did yeah. You, did you yeah. scowl? Like, um, so I, I am aware of, like, how I come across at first, but I'm like, I am a mess. I mean, I want to open a flower coffee shop. I think that says enough. You're a teddy bear. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But like even like um, I guess in your peers and stuff, do you ever think that people look at you and just see absolutely nothing of what you're about? Or do you think that as time goes on, you believe that you've been able to grow into this panina where – people can understand you and see you for who you are as soon as they look at you yeah i mean i i'm not like quiet either Mm -hmm. so like if if we have a new teammate or something i'll try and get to know them within like the first couple days so hopefully they know what i'm about i'm like don't worry i have a scary face yeah (laughs) i'm soft Yeah. yeah so like the second half of that question is like you know how do you think people see you versus who you actually are and that's really difficult for a lot of people to answer yeah who are you who are you? Talk, like if you can put it into words of, you know, maybe some things that you value or experiences or 
things that you think can really not define you but add to people's understanding of you? Yeah. How would you say that? I'm a bunch of things. I'm like a bunch of things, like the people I've loved before, the people, you know, I'm going to love. Like I'm, I'm a big person to love. Like I have it tatted on me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just everything I love. Flowers, bees, I don't know. Like, yeah. A, again, hippie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I'm my mother's daughter. I'm my, my uh, brother and sister's sister. Like I'm just all of that. Yeah, like it's, I don't know. I kind of just like grab a little things like along the way and then just take what I like and leave behind and then try and show that. You're an ever-evolving person being. Yeah. You're a person. You are a person. We are evolving. And I think that, again, I bring it back to the fact that as athletes, I really want people to see us as people, as a person with feelings and emotions that can be – um, you know, feel that words that are said to them and feel experiences. We are people first and always. And um, that kind of brings me to the end of this, what I wanted to talk to you about. And I've, I've said this almost on at the end of every episode, but like we could talk for ages. There is so many things that we can cover. Um, I am really really appreciative of how open and honest and vulnerable you are in such a strong way. Like when people hear the word vulnerable, they're like, oh, that means they're soft and not strong. You are vulnerable in the way that it makes people feel strong. Like I feel strength in our conversation and I feel whole and I feel understood and seen. And I think if if people, you know, if someone was to ask me like who is Panita Davidson, I would be like, she is someone that makes people feel seen. Oh. And I, I truly mean that. And through not just this conversation, but every interaction I've had with you and why it was so important for me to be able to have people hear the way your journey has taken you and your ability to kind of talk about things that people don't talk about. I think that if if anybody could take 1% of the ability to feel seen the way you do, it is it would just make the world a better place. And so I am so thankful that you came on and um, I feel you are able to bounce off a lot of my experiences really well. And this is the first time I've been able to open up on here about a lot of the things that I've been through too, just because, you know, talking to a fellow human has experienced a lot of the same things is really important. And the, the visibility of mental health, the visibility of body image, depression, anxiety, bipolar, BPD, all these things is the most important thing to me at the moment in sport. And I'm hoping that through conversations like this, we continue to grow as people, we continue to grow as a community. And, you know, so far I've had three NBL players on this. So I'm hoping that this reaches the audiences of young boys and girls that are you know not used to hearing about mental health in sport and i think that is so so important so thank you again for coming on here and i really appreciate it and we will definitely get you on again soon this is under the surface with annalee mailey and penina davidson (laughs) thank you that was under the surface If this episode brought up any concerns for you, we recommend you call Lifeline on 13 11 14. 